How's that? All right. So uh, anyway, before we begin, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, uh, for the privilege of, first of all, Lord, coming to you in prayer. And, Lord, from receiving for you, from you, Lord, uh, all the resources necessary, all the help and all the strength, Lord, to uh, put together... Uh, a study, Lord, and uh, I just thank you and praise you for your help, and I, I pray, Father, that this study is uh, certainly uh, pleasing to you and helpful to all of us uh, who hear it, and as always, Father, I pray for application for it uh, in our own lives, Lord. Help us, uh, Lord, to apply these things, to learn these things, and to um, make them a part of how we live, and I just thank you and praise you, Lord. Uh, for your help in all in all things, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, so anyway, let's read Psalm chapter 37, and it's kind of long. It's 40 verses, um, but again, I'm not going to go through all 40 of them. In fact, I don't think this study will last a complete time. But Psalm 37, 1 through 40, it says, Do not fret. Because of evildoers, do not be envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing, for evil doers will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord... They will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land, and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. Better is the little of righteousness than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord sustains the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, 
and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine they will have abundance. But the wicked will perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pasture. They vanish away. Like smoke, they vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. For those blessed by him will inherit the land, but those cursed by him will be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends. And his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will be able, so you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever. By the descendants of the wicked, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. The, the Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to, the, to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have prosperity. Posterity, but transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. I observed. Um, this week that if we neglect to remember that God is sovereign in the midst of trial and adversity placing our thoughts on our situation and specifically focusing on our temporal needs instead of God's plan and purpose and our need to understand His plan and purpose for our good or for our correction for our spiritual growth in that trial or adversity, we can easily slip into fretting over evildoers and envying wrongdoers who never seem to go through the same things. We begin making lists that are full of their fancy cars, their opulent houses, their fine schools that their children attend, the vacations they are able to take, the jobs they have, and so on and so forth. Also in that list is our trials and tribulations compared with their seemingly unimpeded lives. 
And the intent of making that list is to compare it to our meager assets and our troubles, our lack compared to the abundance, our burden of trials while they live unaffected by trials. When we do this, we set up a false notion or principle that the wicked always prosper and the godly always suffer need. That's just not the case. The Bible said, God makes the sun to shine and the rain to fall on both the just and unjust alike. Both have the opportunity to prosper from the sunshine and the rain. Matthew 5:45b says, For he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The truth in the, in the Bible is that the wheat and the tares grow to grow to maturity side by side in the same field. Matthew chapter 13 says that field is the world and that God is the one that plants the good seed and from its growth comes the sons of the kingdom. The tares are the sons of the evil one, the devil. Not every tear or every weed grows to its potential, but some do. Not every stalk of wheat grows to its potential either. But some do. The righteous and the unrighteous can both prosper in temporal things, just as the righteous and unrighteous can both suffer need in temporal things. Many Christians found in the Bible prospered greatly and still do. One problem can be our definition of our perceived lack or need being confused with our want or desire. When we make that list and do that comparison of our lack compared to their abundance, things that we want or desire seem more like needs. For instance, how many here this morning drove in their own car? Just about everybody. Um, Now, how many this morning could think they could have a better car when it runs better? One with less scratches, one with less dings and dents, one that gets better gas mileage, one that's newer. Wanting a better car is not necessarily sinful, but it can be if we view God as unfair in providing a need for us, such as a car, when someone else has one that is better. When we compare ourselves with what others others have, then wants can certainly look a whole lot more like needs. Psalm 37 tells us, Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. These folks have an expected end, not like ours. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23-25 through 25 says, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the words of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Isaiah chapter 51 Verse 6 says, Lift up your eyes to the sky, then look to the earth beneath, 
for the sky will vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will not wane. You and I should never fret or envy mere flesh and its seeming glory because within us lives an incorruptible seed which abides forever, providing us with the righteousness we need. We look for a home with Christ where we will certainly abide forever. And this word that was preached unto us, we can trust because it comes from God who cannot lie. Psalm 37 also tells us, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. I can almost hear the voice of a father here telling his son to mind your own business and do not pay attention to how others fare, especially in wrongdoing. Keep doing good regardless of how others act. He would say, trust in me. I've always provided for you, and I never let you down. I haven't steered you wrong either, and I won't do it now. Just go where I told you to go, and do what I said for you to do. Be obedient, and you will make it out, make out fine. Being busy in the service of the Lord and working hard to cultivate faithfulness in Bible reading and prayer and obedience as to serve God according to His will is a good remedy fretting over evildoers and having envy over wrongdoers. Trust and obey rather than fret and envy. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Temporal things such as houses, cars, vacations, jobs, recreational toys, jewelry, and all the like cannot be compared to our Lord. Our enjoyment, our happiness, our pleasure, our satisfaction, our gladness and our joy should be in our Lord who purchased us with His own blood. And our delight should be in Him who supplies eternal. When we do that, we are promised, in effect, a signed blank check for the desires of our heart. My hope this morning is that your desire of your heart, like mine, is to please God in all things, to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven, to see sinners saved, to see every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, to be freed of this body of sin and meet the Lord in air and see Him face to face and and to see the Lord Jesus Christ receive His kingdom. He will give us the desires of our heart. However, if we are expecting to cash that check for temporal things, then disappointment might be in our future. God does supply such things, just not not carte blanche, not with a blank check.
Psalm 37, 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. Our Lord expects our wholehearted commitment. And we cannot hold back or waver in our commitment to Him. Jesus made sure that His followers counted the cost and does not hesitate to demand complete loyalty. I am reminded of Jim Elliott, who in 1955 as a missionary boarded a steamer headed for Ecuador to give the gospel to the Akas Indians. The Akas were headhunters. As the ship slipped away from the dock where Jim's parents stood waving goodbye, Jim shouted out to them and said, Through our God we shall do valiantly, which is a quote from Psalm 60, verse 12. Jim and four other missionaries, through a year of preparation, made face-to-face contact with the Akas one year later in 1956. And within a day or two of that contact, it cost them their lives. All five missionaries were murdered by the Akas, whose tribe was, a murder, was murderous even between themselves. To the Akas, murder was a way of life and expected. Jim Elliott once wrote in his journal that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Through the missionaries' commitment to the Lord and their commitment to the work in the jungles of Ecuador, many missionaries were encouraged and went to, uh, to the Akas Indians. Within a year of the murders of the five Michigan mis- missionaries, Many Akas, including some who participated in the horrific massacre, were saved by Christ. This is the kind of commitment our God expects. And this is what is meant by Psalms 37.5, which says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. Through our God, we shall do valiantly. Psalm 37.6 says, He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your judgment as the noonday. It is true that evildoers and wrongdoers often slander and misrepresent and smear the name and reputation of those who have surrendered and committed their lives to the Lord. Sometimes, too, godly people, through wrong living and wrongdoing, earn a name or reputation contradictory to their claim of living for God. Even after repentance and forgiveness has been sought and given by our God, who has mercy and grace towards us, that earned slanderous name and reputation become ammunition for evildoers and wrongdoers attempting to do damage to the child of God and to the people of God as a whole and to cast aspersion even on God There is an old saying that says misery loves company. People love to be validated in their beliefs. And if they can make a convert to their side, it helps them in believing that they are right about what they believe. For evildoers and wrongdoers, it is their claim that God has no authority over how they live and how they act, if he exists at all. They openly attack Christians, hoping to diminish them their church, and even God, for others to see and perhaps follow with them to their unwitting destruction. And so they slander, misrepresent, 
and smear believers. Psalm 37.7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. We are told to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. When it appears that evildoers and wrongdoers are prospering in, the, in their way or in their plans and in their wicked schemes, I know personally that I have failed at this as my pride boils up because of fretting, because I'm sorry. I know personally that I have failed at this as my pride boils up because of fretting, producing anger and wrath, wanting to defend against being maligned as a Christian. But when this happens, the righteousness that I would defend causes me to look no different than the evildoers and wrongdoers. Psalm 37, 8 says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Anger, wrath, and fretting leads only to evil doing. Anger, wrath, and fretting boils up out of us the same kind of slander, misreputation, misrepresentation, and smear placed on us, causing us to look no different than evildoers and wrongdoers. We are to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him because He will bring forth our righteousness as the light. We are not to fret. We are not to get angry. We are not to be full of wrath. But we are to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. However, it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It might not be this month or even this year. Hey, it might not be in this lifetime. But He will bring forth our righteousness as the light. We are to be patient and rest in Him. We are to keep from doing the wrong thing, which is fretting, getting angry, and being wrathful and resembling evildoers and wrongdoers ourselves. Even as they wrongfully judge us, our judgment will be brought forth as the noonday, except it will be brought forth by the righteous judge. Isaiah 11, verse 1 through 5 says, then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what he sees, what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Evildoers and wrongdoers may try to judge us, but our judgment will come from Christ. Christians are judged by the righteous judge, Jesus Christ. Psalm 37, 9 says, For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. 
I have heard unsaved people, when confronted with the prospect of hell, attempting to shrug off the seriousness of hell with a wisecrack about partying, partying with their friends when they get there. I have often quipped back at them that they could try an experiment by holding a lit lighter underneath the palm of their hand to find out how much they would feel like partying with that little flame flickering on their skin. I have never met anyone willing to try that. There will be no time for partying in hell because hell is a place of torment. Evildoers being cut off is certainly a very serious thing because they will be cut off from the presence of God, cut off from all that God is. They don't realize it, but thanks to God, here on this earth we can always find someone that will love us. Moms and dads usually love their children, and granted, that love may not be perfect, but it can be a fair reputation representation of love that often travels with a bit of sacrifice and mercy on the part on their part to meet our needs. But in hell, evil doers will be cut off from love because God won't be there, and God is love. Perhaps people people in hell will be too busy with their torment for them for them to be concerned with anyone else's needs, let alone any desire to party. Definitely, there will be no party in hell. They will be cut off from heaven and cut off from God's people. How much then should we Christians who live with the Lord forever, experiencing, experiencing all His glory, His love, His joy, His peace, His rest, and all that God is for all eternity, how much then should we fret over evildoers and be envious over wrongdoers? Psalm 37, 10 says, Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. Many of us here have people in our lives that we love. People that we, that we grew up with, perhaps, and that have been a part of our family since we were born. But they are unsaved. Oh, how we love them dearly. Mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, and the like. Many family members unsaved. Evan Manser prayed Wednesday that during the Thanksgiving meal, while many unsaved family members might be present, every one of us would have an opportunity to witness to them. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of who witnessed on Thursday during the Thanksgiving meal. I wouldn't be able to raise mine. However, the Bible says, the Bible verse says, yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. Yet a little while doesn't seem to give them very long. We know that life is not controlled by us but by God, life and death are in the hands, are in His hands. We know where our loved ones will be if they have departed from the living without Christ as their Savior. And we have an idea of what they will have to endure night and day, forever and ever, because of their failure to surrender to Christ, our Savior.
if we continued to unpack the remaining verses in Psalm 37, we would find how secure and blessed both the future and prosperity of the child of God actually is compared to the sure, destructive price evildoers and wrongdoers will pay for their rebellion against God and against His children. Because we also find that in Psalm 37, 12-15, it says, The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, at, at him, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to, to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bowls will be broken. Another drink here. Evildoers and wrongdoers are enemies of Christ and enemies of God's children. And they are exactly the kind of people Christ came to save. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Instead of fretting over evildoers and envying wrongdoers, we should consider the destructive course they have chosen and the godless hell they face, and like Christ, love them. A few minutes ago, we talked about commitment, and I told a little, told you a little bit about Jim Elliott, the missionary to Ecuador and the Akas Indians. This true story is a very, very good example of the kind of commitment. Christ desires from us a warrior who doesn't show up for the battle isn't much of a committed warrior however a warrior such as Jim Elliot who, who not only showed up but ran towards the fray of the battle ready to give everything for Christ to see souls saved for the glory of God is a colossal illustration of true commitment But the best illustration of commitment is found in Christ, who committed himself to us. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We had no strength to save ourselves, and Christ died for the ungodly. That was us. Christ didn't die for us because we were good enough. He died for us because he loved us. And he was committed to us from before the foundation of the world was laid. As Christians, we need to have the right view of the lost and the right emotion towards them. Instead of fretting over evildoers and envying wrongdoers, because we see them prosper and because some of their plans and schemes concerning Christians has some resemblance of succeeding. We need to view their lost lives void of God and all that he offers except for his righteous judgment and pending indignation, anger, and wrath towards them. We need to view 
the pending eternal place they will occupy in hell if the gospel of Christ is not heard and received with faith, confession, and repentance. We need to view that they are not actually prospering at all because temporal things they treasure are not lasting treasures. Their treasures are temporal and are uh, acceptable food for the moth and are prone for for corrosion by rust and can be stolen by thieves. It is for certain that if their treasure remains through their lifetime, when they die, they will not they will take naught with them. Either another person will own their estate or it will decay. They have treasured the wrong things and will take naught with them when they leave, including any kingship, authority, or pompous ruling as they arrive at their final destination. Psalm 37:13 says, "The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day coming." It seems that the Lord laughs at the futility to gain lasting success by wicked people who fail to heed the looming danger of not treasuring his son Jesus Christ. Should you and I laugh at them as well? No. And for certain, we are not to fret or envy or be angry, nor have any wrath towards them. Perhaps we should pity them. No, again. Our job is to love them. Matthew 5:44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We need to pray that God will remove the blinders from their eyes, the deafness of their ears, and the hard callous surrounding their heart in order for them to hear, understand, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to picture them lost. Thanks for listening. And we have some time for coffee. Let's pray. Mark, would you care to pray?